Hello, everyone, and welcome to Spring Lake Church today. We're glad you're with us, whether it's Saturday night, whether it's Sunday morning, if you're in Bellevue or downtown, lakeside room, family room, fireside room, maybe you're joining us from home today, or, or maybe it's Tuesday or Wednesday and you're just catching up on the message that you may have missed from travel this past weekend. We're glad you're with, with us. We have a pretty special weekend coming up. Uh, I hope everyone had an amazing Christmas that you got Maybe not everything you wanted, but you got what you needed and at least a couple of the, the wants as well. Hope it was an amazing family time for you. It was for me. I was so glad to be able to have all of my kids come home for the first time in a while. So celebration of Christmas is over. We're getting ready to look toward the new year. And with this theme of new year, we want to talk about new because there's something about things that are new. There's something special when there's something new. I mean, you get a car and there's new car smell. I mean, they actually sell this stuff in the store now. You can go and you can buy a can of new car smell. What I don't know is what does that mean in your house? I don't know if someone may like it that much or in your shoes or whatever, but let's talk about shoes for a second. Isn't there something cool? Doesn't something feel right when you have a new pair of shoes on? I've heard stories that Michael Jordan had a new pair of shoes on for every game because there's just something about new that feels crisp and right and energized. We're in a new season, a new house. It may be a hundred years old, but it's new for you. And sometimes with new, new house comes a new vision and new ideas and a new way to decorate. There's the uh, new coming up of, of something that's been broken down. Some of you I know restore cars. And you don't want new, new, but because it's new to you, there's a restoration you can do on this vehicle. Scripture is full of talking to us about new. Revelation chapter 21 and verse five. It says, behold, I am making all things new. And he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. It says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Somebody wrote a paraphrase of this passage and I love the way they worded it. They said it this way. They said, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert rivers and the badlands. And for some of you going into 2024, it is a season of new and you get the chance to leave the old behind. The stuff you may have done, the baggage you had to learn from, leave it in 2023. You've got new opportunity in 2024. I love what scripture says about the fact that his mercies are new every morning to us that they're new, and that's what 2024 can represent to us today. And some of the testimonies you're gonna hear in a little bit, you're going to hear about how God makes things new. Ecclesiastes tells us that his faithfulness is new every morning. As we've been going through the book of Revelation, and as we look at scripture, there's a new day, there's a new earth, there are new mercies, there's a new heaven, there are new things, there are new tongues, there are new lands, there are new cities. And for some of you watching today, I hope today represents new. 
And I hope as you hear the testimonies, and some of you, maybe you're not even sure about Jesus yet. You may be watching because one of your friends or family members has taken that step toward new, and you're going, something's different. It's that Isaiah passage we read earlier where he's making a new thing in the wasteland. For others of you, you've been a Jesus follower for a while, and what was new has gotten old and maybe a little bit stale, but it's time to breathe new life into it. It's time to see that God is still in the business of changing lives. Today, I want us on a trek of new. Lead folks are going to show us the way in their testimonies in believers' baptism. I want to walk you through several different news in Scripture. The first new that I want to talk about is a new covenant. And covenant is a big word. It's a fancy word. We don't use it much much anymore. But it literally means a binding or establishment and a relationship between two parties. In the Bible, it's talked about between people and God. Today, we may use the term binding contract. We have a new contract, a new covenant with God because the old one didn't cut it. The new one happens because of what Jesus has done for us. If you missed the service right before uh, Christmas Eve, I think it was the 17th, we talked about what this new relationship looks like for those who may have been on the naughty list. We have a blessing of a relationship with God because of a new covenant, a new relationship in what Jesus has done for us. Today, we say that binding contract because it's a serious relationship. Hebrews chapter eight and verse 13. It says, by calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. We can celebrate because we have new. We have a new covenant, a new relationship with God because of Jesus. Why? Why do we need it? Why do we need, why do you need, why do I need a covenant and a new covenant with God? Because as I said earlier, the old one didn't cut it. The old one didn't meet the mark in animals paying the price for our sin because we keep sinning because animals aren't perfect. So what did God do? John tells us, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him won't die but will have eternal life. That's the new covenant, that Jesus died in our place. It's a blood covenant. It's a covenant of new life. It covers our sins, our rebellion, past, present, and future, and paved the way toward this new covenant. The result of the new covenant is our next new. It's new life, new life. 2 Corinthians chapter five and verse seven. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. The old you is gone. You may have the same body. You may have the same voice. But Christ has spiritually and relationally given us a clean slate with God. The old is gone. The new has come. The old of what you did has been clean. The new of who you are gives you a clean slate to begin a new relationship with God, with your creator, with the one the Bible says who loves us with his own life. It's a new you. It's a new day. It's a new start. Some of you live under the baggage of the old. 
And even though you may say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but I also know what I did. Scripture says it's a new you. I want you to, for yourself, can you just say to yourself, I'm a new you. I'm a new me. Not because I thought happy thoughts. Not because I did something nice for someone. I'm a new me because of a new creation. I'm a new creation because of the new covenant. I have a new covenant because of a loving God. The old us, see ya. It's gone. It's time to live for Christ. And that symbolism is seen in baptism, what we celebrate today. Romans chapter six and verse four. It says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. It's a very clean and direct picture of Christ being buried in the ground after his crucifixion and then being raised to new life in the resurrection three days later. For us, this looks like going down in the water, being baptized, symbolic of the ground, and being raised to new life in Christ. He was raised new and alive. We are raised new and alive. It's something we celebrate. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 and 24. It says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. A new person in Christ we become what the Bible calls a new people. A new person in Christ. The old you has been baptized. The old you has been placed in the ground. The new you comes up. The word baptism, where do we get that from? In biblical languages, the word is baptizo, and it literally means to be washed clean. So when we're dipped in the water and we're pulled up, we're washed clean. Think of that dirty dish that you may have had after your Christmas dinner. And no matter how caked on that food may be, you put it in the water, you scrub it. When you pull it up, it's clean. There's no sign of the food on it. There's no marks left on it. It's a clean plate. This word baptizo means the same thing. It means to be dipped in and pulled up clean. We go down the dead, the dirty us, we're pulled up, baptizo pulled up, new and clean. Resurrected with Christ. The old us buried, and then the next new, the new person raised, we're part of a new people. We're part of a new people. God pulls his people into one people without it being dependent on race or nationality or income or part of the world or dialect. We are all part of the body of Christ. When we are buried with him, as we just read, we raise with him. And the word there is we. We are in this together. We are part of a new family, the family of Christ. It's a new people based on having the same father. 
You ever see someone, you can look at the dad and you say, oh, you, they are the spinning image of their dad or they're definitely their father's son. You see brothers and sisters and you see, start seeing the same traits in each of them. Like I said, all my kids were home for Christmas and I could watch them and listen to them and I could hear the way they joked back and forth. There may be a crooked smile. I saw me, which is scary for them, by the way. But I saw me in them. And when we become the new people, there are traits that should be in each one of us that reflect our Father. There should be traits of what the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit that show up and look the same because we come from the same tree. The same fruit from the same tree. So when people see us as a new people, they're looking and they're saying, there's that love I see in the other believers I know. There's that joy that I see. There's that peace. Ooh, there's that patience. I see it a little more in these brothers and sisters than I do in this brother or sister, but it's there. It's a fruit that's developing. We start looking more and more like our father, no matter what the skin may say, no matter what our tongue may say, no matter what our background or income or part of the city we grew up in. We start looking like our new father. Ephesians chapter two, verse 14 and 16. It says, for he, referring to Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. Two groups referring here to Jew and Gentile. Two groups that would have nothing to do with each other. Nobody would have ever guessed them to be brothers or sisters. They could not have been more different. They could not have been more at odds with each other. And throw in, if you read a little further, you could throw in the Samaritans, which were kind of really viewed as outsiders. And yet we read here that they're made one. Let me start at the beginning again. For he, Christ himself, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. I don't care what people group comes to mind when someone refers to those people. I don't care what people group comes to mind when you think of good people and bad people. What I would say is exactly what the scripture says, take the wall down. Because Jesus says clearly, or actually Paul says clearly here, and what Jesus does is he creates one person out of all these people groups that you have, may have in mind. And anyone you consider one of those people, they're your brother and sister in Christ. And if they're not a Jesus follower yet, you need to be praying for them. No matter who they are or where they are or how they voted or how they may think on a specific topic, our call is to pray for them. And if we as a church don't agree on every single thing, first of all, I would say bank on that because we're not all identical and that's okay. But secondly, I would say make room for each other because Jesus' goal was to remove the hostility and to build a new family. When we are baptized in Christ, we are new people. When we are this new people, we are a new family. And does family always get along? Absolutely not. 
Some of you were reminded of that over the Christmas holidays. Some of you will be reminded again with the new year. But that doesn't mean you stop being family. We're still family. And those who are being baptized and being celebrated today or 50 years ago or the next baptism, guess what? We're in the same family. Those who call upon the name of Jesus, those who recognize Jesus as Christ, as Lord, as Savior, as the boss, the CEO of our lives, as the lead of the church. We're brothers and sisters in him. We are call ourselves Jesus followers. We are a movie trailer of heaven. When people see us, when they see us as family, when they hear the words of family, they're getting a sneak peek into heaven. And my hope and prayer is that it's something they want not only to go see, but they want to be a part of. They want to be a part of this family, of what's to come, something new, a new relationship, a new person, a new people, a new life. And when God has done something new in scripture, I love that it's usually followed by a new shout or a new song. If you remember in Revelation, we talked about this a little bit and we'll be back in Revelation next week. But as we read, there's always this loud voice, this loud cry, this loud proclamation or song. But so many times it's called a new one. And why is it a new song? Because it's inspired by what God is doing right now. Understand these baptisms you're about to see in Bellevue. Some of the stories you're going to hear on these videos coming up at, at, at both campuses are a new thing that God has done in their lives. It's a life change. The old is gone. The new has come. Moves of God through a realization of who he is throughout history many times results in new songs. If you go back and look at the hymns of previous generations, some of you grew up with a hymn book. Those songs, those hymns came out of new moves of God. Many songs that stir us today come out of a, a, a new move that God may be doing in someone's life. When you hear names like John Calvin or D.L. Moody or Ira Sankey, the first and second great awakenings, the Welsh revivals, even Gregorian chants, they came out of fresh moves of God where their heart was stirred. And maybe they couldn't get it out in just pure speech form, but there's something that's stirred in song that goes beyond just words. Let me give you some examples from scripture of new song. Psalm 98, verse 1. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Psalm 40, and verse 3, says, He has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. They're looking at him a new way. Isaiah 42, and verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants. Revelation chapter five and verse nine. It says, and they sang a new song, saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransom people from God, uh, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Revelation 14 and verse three, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn that song except the 144,000. We talked about that in the Revelation series, except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. 
We're not going to be asking those being baptized to sing a new song, but we're establishing in today's service that new is occurring. And I'm telling you, I'm amazed each time when God stirs something or sparks someone in them, how many times a song gets tied to it. It may be a worship song that moved them in the moment. It may be a song that got deeper in than what a pastor's words can do in a message. But there's something about music that leads to new life. I'd encourage you, don't ditch the songs that got you through tough times. Don't ditch the old ones, but be ready to be open to a new song what God may want to do. I want to close new by giving a little explanation that I try and do at every baptism service that we have at Spring Lake because I understand the baptism culture that goes with our community within Green Bay and with some other uh, uh, faith lines. And for some, baptism is a new concept and it's something they've never had before. For others, they may have been baptized as an infant. I understand that. And what we do at Spring Lake is we celebrate your parents' desire to see you baptized as an infant. They wanted you raised with an understanding of who Jesus was. They wanted you raised in a respect and within the church. And we celebrate that. We don't look down on that. We don't curse that. We don't say, well, that's the old. We celebrate that. That was something to be built on. But the people you're going to see baptized today the people you're going to hear the testimonies of today, they may have been baptized as an infant, but today they are choosing to say, this is my faith. This is my time to step up and say, I'm a new person. I'm a forgiven person. I'm a baptizo. I'm a dipped and clean person because of what Jesus has done for me. I can't coattail on my parents for this, this is something I need to do for myself. It's a conscious choice to follow Jesus. It's a choice of choosing to live for Christ. Don't ever let that testimony become weak in your heart or faint in your mouth. Be bold, be strong with it. Now, as I wrap up this part of the message, I'm excited to share with you the video testimonies that you're about to enjoy. Can I pray for us? Father, thank you for the new. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you that we are new and alive in Christ. The breath in our lungs, the heartbeat we have are to glorify and honor you in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.